You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Just in case you missed the last episode, Mike Giannoulis shares his system for scaling from six figures to seven or even eight figures without burning out. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716 718-8981, or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome everybody, and thank you for joining us today. We have yet another amazing guest. His name is Josh Fector, and Josh is the founder and CEO of Banff Media. I'll leave that to your imagination, what Banff stands for. He's a growth hacker, He's a LinkedIn influencer, and he's been featured in Reuters, Forbes, Entrepreneur, as well as several other media publications. He's also the author of the number one book to ever launch on Product Hunt called The Banff Bible. And that's one of the ways that I connected with Josh on LinkedIn. So welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. When After I read The Banff Bible... I knew that I had to meet you in one way or another because we kind of have a little bit of kindred spirits. LinkedIn has been my thing for the last decade, and you've been doing extremely well leveraging LinkedIn to build a tribe and audience and generate business, particularly over the last couple of years through BAMP. So again, welcome to the show. But before we dive into your story, one thing I wanted to ask you that I think is, is pretty relevant to what we're doing today And that is, before we dive into some growth hacks that you're going to share, because I know you're very tactical and you share them almost every single day, can you explain what growth hacking means to you? Yes. So many people have different definitions of growth hacking. My definition is scaling the right relationships faster because relationships sell. And that's the only key piece of knowledge you need in any marketing is that how do I build relationships with the right people faster? That's it. Okay. So can we peel that back a little bit? I mean, cause that, that is a very different definition than you'll hear from most people. Can you expand on that a little bit? Peel that onion back a little bit further. Yeah, definitely. So what ended up happening was I was reading a ton of books on marketing and then I realized that the best marketers didn't even use social media. You're talking about the Martin Luther Kings of the world, the Gandhis. And I said, what did they do? And they boiled it down far better than you know, the gurus of today in marketing. And they said all it was is relationships and the right relationships. And through building those right relationships, they're able to create movement at scale, right? And I found that really fascinating. And to me, that's what growth hacking is because anytime you employ a tactic, anytime you employ a strategy, it's always to further a relationship because the end goal for you as, let's say, a founder, CEO is revenue, profit. In order to get that profit and revenue, you have to make sales. Right. That makes total sense. Yeah. Perfect. So can you 
take a minute now and just tell my audience what you guys are up to over there at Banff Media. Tell us a little bit more in detail of what you exactly you guys do. Yeah, so we do consider ourselves an organization. We also do have an agency. So the organization side, we run a community of over 18,000 marketers and founders. We do a lot of live events as well. So we've done around 50 events in SF. We're hoping to expand that to LA. And then on the agency side, we focus mostly on full launch campaigns. So you're talking about Kickstarter campaigns, Indigo campaigns, or just working with investors that want to move faster and say, hey, like we have this great idea and we want to go to customer in three months, make it happen. And we work on campaigns like that because it gives us more control over the entire experience, which we find to be just an awesome feeling because it gives you the responsibility, right? There's no room for blame. We can't say this person messed up. That's not on our team. It all comes down to us at the end of the day. Do you consider that to be, I guess, the, the phrase that you hear a lot lately is growth agency or more like a, a marketing firm? Or what do you consider that to be, more growth or marketing or a combination of the both? So I would say that we consider ourselves a growth agency. And we don't say marketing. And the reason for that is it's not because marketing is a bad word. It's just because it's more associated with traditional marketing, right? And some people do have negative connotations with traditional marketing. Some people really like it. But the people that we're trying to attract in terms of clientele are not people who want to gravitate towards traditional marketing. We want the people who want to experiment in new things because at the end of the day, that makes our job better if they're willing to take that risk on us. Right. Sometimes there's a disconnect between marketing and sales. And I think that's part of what you're talking about, right? You know, there's always that kind of feud between marketing and sales, one different metrics and different goals. And so I think you are much more focused towards sales, right? Growing sales and using different technology and strategies and experimenting to do that. Correct. So we focus a lot on data. And when you're focusing on data, that comes down to sales. Perfect. And people like that because you're not high in the sky talking about you know branding and what it would be like if you had a lot of success problems, right? <laughs> so we're more on the ground floor in the weeds and giving people the data that they need to make very ROI driven decisions. Awesome. Awesome. That's perfect. So have you guys raised any money or did you bootstrap it? So we bootstrapped it. I would say, uh, I don't recommend that to everybody. It can be brutal, (laughs) but it worked out in our case. Yeah, for sure. It's sort of funny because I actually started on my personal brand, the marketing space like four years ago, and we only launched a company around eight months ago. Granted, we have a little over 22 employees today. And only after eight months, but what people don't see is that I've been working towards this for around, you know, four years, right? So it's a lot of legwork in the beginning, the lonely journey of the entrepreneur to try to build his credibility, build a community. And then we launched, right? We already had an audience, so it moved a lot faster. Right, exactly. So about how many customers do you have? I think we have around 25 clients, I would say. And so they rotate in and out. They probably retain you for a period of time around a launch, a product launch or whatever. And then, and then they may come back for other future product launches or do they stay? Is it more like a long-term retainer? It really depends on the company we're working with. So some companies only have a limited amount of funding to do a launch and then they don't have funding afterwards. Grant, if the launch goes successful, the KPIs you're not always looking at is sales in the immediate you know, month of that launch, but it's also future sales. So for example, if we're working with a company and we build their email list to 30,000 people and their messenger list, 30,000 people, those are assets they now have, right? And they can make that into future sales. But the problem is, is that it doesn't really help with immediate funding, right? (laughs) So you actually may run out of funding after a campaign, which is totally fine. 
But then there's going to be a little bit of legwork of using the assets you have to help bring in future sales. Right. Now you got to leverage that. Yep, for sure. So can you share maybe revenue numbers or something to give us some sort of sense of how big Banff is or how fast you're growing? Can you give us something there to go by? Yeah. So I think we're right now at 2.8 million ARR, I believe. It does change a lot depending on the deals that come in because we're growing so fast. So our average deal size is around 25K a month. And that alone can just like change numbers really quickly. It's interesting how that works. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So my audience loves tactics, right? And I know you publish a lot of content around growth hacking and growth strategies. That's one of the things that attracted me to you and, and kind of how we forged this introductory relationship here through LinkedIn and Facebook and now through the podcast. Do me a huge favor if you can. I'm going to ask you, it's kind of a two-part question. Can you share one LinkedIn growth hack and one Facebook growth hack? Because you're big on both of those that are working really, really well right now that my audience might be able to put to work for their own business? Yeah, no problem. So the biggest one on LinkedIn is use this tool called Linked Helper to auto-connect your target prospects at scale. You do need a sales navigator account to do that. So you can stay under LinkedIn's limits. I suggest auto-connecting to 60 people a day. LinkedIn Sales Navigator gives you great demographics so you can select your prospects really well. And only takes a minute to run. Now, the cool thing about this is when you do that, you can now actually export your LinkedIn contacts and then run them as Facebook ads, right? And one of the cool parts about this is that nobody's doing it. I think there's probably maybe three or four people who are actually doing this tactic. A lot of people know about it, but the very few who take action on it. And the people who do always see a relevant score on their ads, 10 out of 10. And I know this because I do it for several people. And when you're talking about getting a 10 out of 10 relevant score right off the bat, it's a no-brainer. And then for Facebook, one of the things I suggest is going out to Crunchbase and getting a hold of their data set. So whether that's creating an account for a month, whatever it might be, because they actually provide Facebook URLs at scale for investors, CEOs, C-level executives. And you can actually connect with these people now on Facebook because you have that URL. And it's one of the few places online where you can find it. Now, AngelList also provides Facebook URLs, but very few and in between. Wow, that's awesome. So let me ask you, take a step back on the LinkedIn. I've been very, very hesitant to use any sort of LinkedIn automation tools because a couple of years ago, I had some friends who had deployed some different software. They had tested some different LinkedIn automation software for auto-connecting and auto-following and viewing and all that stuff. And they had some issues with LinkedIn because they said it was a violation of their terms of service. Have you experienced any of that? Can you talk to that a little bit? Yes. So the only way to know the limits is to break them, right? And then get caught. And LinkedIn does have a little bit of nudge room where if you do get caught the first time, those let you go. But it's important to know that there are limits. And if you know those limits, then you can get by them. So that's why I suggest 60 people a day. And make sure you wait 24 hours in between and make sure you have a sales navigator account. Most people you actually work with that do these type of services will recommend to do like 100 to 130 a day. That's actually not sustainable from what we've seen in running accounts for a period of time. It may work for like a month and all of a sudden you get a warning notice, right? So they give you a lot of leeway time thinking you're succeeding, you're succeeding and all of a sudden, boom, (laughs) out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. No, those are, those are two great tips. I love the crunch base tip for sure, especially for getting those uh, investors. Now it was mainly investors 
for that or was it founders as well or both? Yeah, founders and C-level executives. So they have a ton of people there. Perfect, perfect. And I think you use that. I remember reading in Banff and some of your other content that you use that as a big, one of the big tactics to help build your Facebook group. And I think you've got 18 or 20,000 people in that group, right? Correct. So that was super helpful. And it's, we also built a Chrome extension that actually auto adds these people for you. Just upload the list. I did give it out to the community a while back ago. I'm not sure if it was on a blog post on Banff.media. It might be. So if the audience is interested, I'll just go check there because I think the Chrome extension link is still on the blog. Perfect. Okay, great. So let's go back, you know, a year or so when you first kind of started getting this thing rolling. Could you tell us a little bit about how you landed your first few clients? I mean, were they inbound leads? Were they, you know, were you connecting on Facebook, getting a dialogue and then transitioning offline? How did you go about that? What what was the system for getting those first few clients? Because I know that a lot of new entrepreneurs and small businesses struggle just getting those first 10 or 20 clients? Yeah, great question. So we actually landed our first client before my co-founder and I were even living in the same city. And he was one of our biggest clients. And it was funny because at the time I was still working for a company. A company was Mixmax or marketing automation software. And I had a speaking gig up in Vancouver. I was speaking at Traction Conference. So I do this talk at Traction Conference and in Canada, people are not used to growth hacking at all. So everything I'm saying is completely new to them and just shocking them, right? They're like, wow, scraping. That, that in itself is a huge deal to them. So I give this talk and we had a couple of guys come up to me. They were VCs and one of the VCs I ended up working with. So he just took over as a CEO of a company and he said, hey, I want to work with you. How do we make that happen? And I told him that it was just my co-founder and I, and he still took a chance on us, which was awesome. And my co-founder was also working for a company at the same time. And his role was we landed one client and we quit our jobs. So we landed him and we quit our jobs. And uh, the rest is sort of history. But the funny thing about it, though, is the next three to four clients that we landed took about a month. So that was a very unique case. And how those clients came in was releasing the Banff Bible. Okay. So the first one was from a speaking gig that you did. The second one was when you launched the Banff Bible on Product Hunt, right? Correct. The Banff Bible has played a crucial role in maybe 40% of the current clients we have. Yeah. Because you lay it all out there. I mean, it's a great document. I highly recommend anybody who's interested in any sort of growth hacking on Facebook or LinkedIn or otherwise, check it out for sure. Absolutely. I have it. I love it. I think it's perfect and I recommend it whenever I can. So so these days, okay, because it's changed a little bit, right? Uh, you know, I'm sure that it's evolved. I mean, you now have a team. You've learned a lot along the way. What's your number one strategy today for getting new clients? Yeah, so it sounds sort of funny, but as a you know, CEO of a company, I just have to hire great people. So if I hire someone who knows how to build out a great sales system for enterprise, then they could you know, easily make up 50% of our revenue in the future if I just invest in that person, take a chance on them. At the same time, we do have tactics that were working really well that no longer work. So we were doing a ton of content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is actually trying to find the right word for this. But if you do a long form status, they actually penalize you now and you don't get that much reach. In fact, they'll cut your reach to maybe one tenth of what it used to be. So you can only really do short form content. Now they haven't released this out to everybody yet, but to most of the major players they have. So to the Michaela Alexis, who she has, I think 110,000 followers 
and then to people such as Ben Lee, who just got it recently. And now you have to find ways to get around that, right? Because that was a huge source of lead gen for us. And what we started doing is just focusing more on product launches. So we have Kickstarter campaign coming up. We released two more books after the Banff Bible. And now we're just going all in on content and seeing how far that's going to take us. And I think it's also a very evergreen route because the more content you create, especially if it's not in status posts, chances are it's going to be linking back to your website. So you're going to get traffic over time. Right. So the LinkedIn updates, I've seen and noticed that what I kind of looked at it is they kind of put a governor on it, right? It was kind of like a loophole where you could get huge reach by doing these, you know, what I, they're kind of like little micro blogs, right? 1300 characters, Mm -hmm. really easy to put together and you get huge reach. I mean, you were getting, you know, thousands of likes and millions of views and, you know, it wasn't uncommon for, you know, an even a hundred thousand views on a, on a LinkedIn update. And I think they put a bit of a governor on it to, to bring it back. And I think everybody's starting to feel that hard question. Is it still worth doing in your opinion? Cause I looked at your profile and I did notice how you're now doing more short form posts where there are one or two lines, maybe an image or just a quote, and you're still getting good results. It's not the same as it was previously, but you're still getting a lot of reach. So do you think it's still worth doing in your opinion? So the good answer is that I think LinkedIn made a mistake and they know that because actually long form content should always be valued over short form content. If you look across every social platform, that's how it works for the most part, especially when it comes to writing. So I think they're going to change it eventually. It's just a matter of sticking with it. So I may do like a long form post, you know, once a week just to continue testing it out. But in the meantime, you have to do short form content. So do you any, any suggestions on the type of short form content? I mean, I noticed some of the things you were doing were quotes or just really short, random thoughts, you know, that kind of came to mind. I mean, any sort of ideas there? If I know you, you're probably putting together some sort of a document or (laughs) cheat sheet on how to do that because LinkedIn has changed and now everybody's going to be looking to pivot. Can you share any of that with us? Oh, gosh. I don't know how I'm coming up with those just because it's so new, right? So I recently pivoted from doing the long form statuses. So now I'm starting fresh and having to come up with these ideas every day for short form content, but there hasn't been a process around it yet. But once it's out, I'll definitely make sure to uh, hand it out to everybody as well. Perfect. All right. So here's a question that usually gets people really thinking, and that is knowing what you know now. I mean, you've only had this business for the last year, but you've been grinding for the last few years. If you could go back and do it all over again, what would you do differently to grow faster, further, faster? So I guess it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you don't necessarily want to grow faster. You want to grow in a way that's very sustainable. So what I like to say is invest in compounding skills. If I invest in writing today and I'm a writer for the next you know, 30 years, I'm going to have 30 years of benefit from one action I take today. If I'm learning Swift, which is a coding language, and that coding language is irrelevant in several years, then it doesn't have a huge compound effect, right? So I like to think very much in the long run saying, what can I do today that's going to have the biggest effect on me in the future? And what was great is I started doing that around five years ago when I invested in writing every day. And I've been writing every day for, again, five years, which is a very long time. And the fifth year, that's when people really started to take notice. And that's when I built a huge following. So sooner or later, you hit that inflection point and where things start moving very quickly for you, though. Yeah. And but in order for people to get there, right, they have to write for four years every day, which is 
likelihood of that happening is very, very low. Yeah. Very few people have that type of intestinal fortitude. And, and it's the same. It goes just goes to show why you will have a successful business because you will stick with it for the long term. Most people want instant gratification and they're just not willing to be patient enough to let the good results find them. So totally, totally agree. So what's you know, what's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using this day these days? I know you mentioned LinkedIn Helper. Besides that, what other growth tools or software are you using? Oh gosh, let's see. Just one or two. So, one or two of your favorites. Uh, Viral Loops is a great tool. So Viral Loops is a referral marketing software. We use it for most of our clients. I'm even using it for my Kickstarter campaign coming up. And their team is so great on support, which I think is one of the best parts. And it helps you set up those referral campaigns where it's like refer three friends and they get a free t-shirt, whatever it may be, right? Right. But if you can really optimize a referral campaign, then you can have sometimes as high as a 40% referral rate. So that's for almost every other person coming into your campaign, they're sharing their link. And that's what we've seen when we've really optimized it. So that's the power of it, which is super cool to see. Wow. Awesome. Viral loops. You were going to mention another one. So I would also say that one thing to invest in today, which is going to have a lot of longevity, is your next email marketing software platform or marketing automation setup. So you think of the HubSpots, Marketos of the world. And if you get into HubSpot, you have maybe a year contract, Marketo, maybe it's up to two years. It's pretty brutal, right? And the problem is, is that these softwares are becoming outdated fast. Like you now have Instapage, you have Unbounce, and those type of platforms make HubSpot worth less because their landing page builders just will never be as good. So when I look at marketing automation software as well as email marketing software, I look at something that has a strong focus on integrations. So something that's like a Zapier of the marketing automation world, where all it does is connect the best together. And to me, that's autopilot. So I think autopilot is definitely the best software out there for marketing automation. Very cool. Awesome. I'll definitely check that out. All right. We're going to wrap it up here in just a minute, but what book would you highly recommend for my audience? If they could pick one book to help them grow faster and get further faster, what would it be? So there is this book that it's crazy. It's called The Power Broker. It's about Robert Moses. He built all of New York, most of the parks that are in New York. And he was one of the most powerful people to ever live. And the president couldn't even check him. And it talks about how he battled with the Rockefellers as well. And it's the most interesting story I've ever read on a person who was so power hungry, but gives you this insight into what it takes if you want to build an empire and almost an unstoppable empire. And it's totally worth the read. One of the best books I've read, especially if you're into psychology and into especially real life psychology, right? So not like 10 principles of X, but how someone actually did it. Perfect. Power broker. Awesome. I'm definitely going to grab that. Well, again, that wraps it up for today, Josh. How about you share one piece of parting guidance and then let everyone know how they can connect with you and learn more about Banff Media? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that I like to say is you don't need to create the next huge innovation. You don't need to think about that, but you just need to think about asking better questions. The most, I would say, lucrative opportunities are usually right in front of us, and they're built off very simple questions that millions and millions of people miss every day. And the example is, I was one of the first people to say, what if I start writing stories within the LinkedIn status area? And you had probably 100 million people you know, view this LinkedIn status area every six months, and not one of them asked that simple question. 
So the most obvious opportunities are usually in front of us. Perfect. How can and they then, connect with you? Yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, feel free to email me at josh at bamf.media. So that's bamf.media. Or check me out in my Facebook group, which is Badass Marketers and Founders. Awesome. Listen, Josh, I really appreciate you joining me today. I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon, but for today, let's close it out. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me. 